So we are uh, very excited that in about a month, we are going to kick off uh, what's called Stronger Together in Prayer. We're going to focus on one, the things they just talked about in the video. I'm super excited. Our church is going to be praying for a breakthrough. We're going to be praying for God to do something in our church that, that we desperately need and really that we've never seen before. And so... Uh, a while back, we said, hey, we need facilitators for that. And we said, we need 10 facilitators. Facilitators are people who go, you know what? I, I'd like to lead a group because a big part of this is everybody gets in a group. We want everybody to be in a group. We'll have online groups and we'll have in-person groups. So that, that you'll be, everyone will be able to be a part of it. But we need facilitators. We need people who would say, you know what? I, I can turn on the TV or I can turn on the video. I can put some, a little bit of food out. I can make sure the stream is up and ready to go. And then I can help lead by reading the questions off the page. We only need two more facilitators. Now, I know that God has been working on a couple of you. I, I, we've brought this up before. Other people have brought it up and you're like, nah. no, no. Today is the day. Take that step. Bring us to 10. And everyone look forward. But those two people right now go and register to be a facilitator for Stronger Together. Really looking forward to it. Today we're talking about life. Now that, that's living. A year ago my wife and I went to Hawaii for our 40th wedding anniversary. And I, I think that's pretty close to be going, ah, uh, that, 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 that's living. Like you wake up every morning, you go to the little street side thing, you pick up your fried banana, which we love those things. You pick up your fresh fruit, uh, you go to the beach. Um, lots of times you're the only person on the beach. You're like, wow, that, that, that is living. But did you know, I bet you did, a number of people go to Hawaii, they go to Paris, they go to the place they always dreamed they would go to, and it's really great for a little bit. But they bring their, their bad attitude with them. They bring the conflicts they have in their life with them. And sometimes you can be there for a few days, and it feels like they've gone away, but they haven't. So it turns out that's not really living. What would be living for you? What would be, man, if I had that, that'd be living. Is it, is it a place? Is it a relationship? Is it, is it a circumstance? Is it a job? You go, oh, wow, that's, that's really living. The Bible promises us abundant life, and yet we look all around us, and we see something that looks very much, very short of that. So today, that's what we're going to talk about. What's, what's real life? What's it like to experience abundant life? To be able to wake up every morning and no matter where you are. Have you ever thought about this? Have you ever taken the list of things that you said, if, if this happened, if I got this, if this happened, I got this, that's living. And, and understood that for most of the world, they will never experience those things you just put on that list. They're never going to make that kind of money. They're never going to live in that kind of house. They're never going to have a car. They may never get married. Is it possible 
for someone who's been through a great tragedy or someone who is a quadriplegic or someone who has, who has no chance to have the things on your list, are they out? Or have we fooled ourselves into what is living? And so this, we're going we're gonna to ask this question. What's, we're going to start with what's death, and then we're going to say what's... I'm sorry, we're gonna, yeah, start with what's death, and then we're going to go, what's living? Um, then we're going to show, hey, wait, how do we move from one to the other? And we're going to hear some of these people's stories uh, this morning. So, uh, what's death? What is death? Most people, when they think of the word death, and the word death in the Bible is a super simple word. There's no, simple, there's no looking in the Greek and looking behind the word, and oh, it means something you never imagined. It means, it, the definition is like completely dead. Like, without life. It, that's what it is. But we tend to think that death is when we no longer exist. Like, it, it's not there anymore. That's not the biblical view of death. The Bible is really clear all the way from when man started, when, when, when Adam and Eve, all the way through, it, it gives us clear definition of death. Number one, death is existing without God. Death is actually existing. It's not not existing. It's existing. I'm here. But I, I don't have a relationship with God. I, I don't know God. Number two is being separated from goodness. These two go hand in hand. They go together. So right now, whether you know God or not, whether you believe in God or not, you could be 100%, you're, you're an atheist all the way. You do not believe in God at all. You are experiencing God's goodness. Every morning when you get up and the sun shines on you, you're experiencing God's goodness. When you, when you experience cr creation, you're experiencing God's goodness. When you, when you eat and you enjoy it, you're experiencing God's goodness. God created all of that. For you to enjoy. And his spirit is in this world and he's actually given you a conscience and he's given other people a conscience. You get to interact with God even though you don't believe in him. He's still interacting with you. But death is when, there, it, when you, all of God's goodness is gone. Joy, peace, happiness, love. That's death. Death is when I don't have goodness. And number three is slavery to sin. The Bible says that you, we are trapped in our, 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 our sin. We're dead in our sin. Very simple. Death is when the temptation wins. You know what this is like. You're like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. And you do. The Bible says that's death. That causes what? Regret. That's death. It causes you to hide. That's death. It causes insecurity and fear. That's death. That's God's definition of death. What's life? Well, the life is going to be the opposite. It is one, sharing life with God. It's a relationship. This is often true for people who ever see something amazing. They go to the Grand Canyon and they see the Grand Canyon for the first time, and they will oftentimes call someone 
because they want to share the amazing beauty that they just saw with somebody else. They don't want to do it alone. They want to be with somebody. You've been created to be alive. And when you're alive, you share life with others. Kind of makes sense why we see so much death, right? Because we, sh- we struggle so much with relationships. We're so excited to fall in love. And then later, we're so discouraged that the person that we fell in love with, we can't stand anymore. We can't get along with anymore. Well, that's the life is the connection part, specifically with God. Life is being separated from death. Now, that doesn't come off the tongue very good, but I put it that way on purpose. See, death is being separated from God. It's being separated from life. Well, life is when I'm separated from death. I'm separated from regret. I'm separated from fear. I'm separated from pride. I'm separated from selfishness. That's what it means to live, to be separated from those things. Three is Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is life. Life comes from God. It comes from Jesus. And number four, life is being free from the power of sin. Life is being free from the power of sin. This is what makes heaven so special. What makes hell so horrible is that you're separated from God. There is no goodness. There's only darkness. There's only fear. There's only loneliness. You've chosen, I don't need God. I don't want God as part of my existence. And you end up in all of eternity separated from the goodness of God. You never wake up and you can't find anything good. Life is being connected to God's goodness. So I'm being free from the power of sin. What's that mean? That means when a temptation comes, I can swat it away. It means that when I'm tempted to try to find goodness, I'm trying to find life anywhere but in what God says is good, I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not going for that. I'm not going for that. No. When you are alive, sin doesn't rule your life. Life rules your life. You rule. Your spirit rules your life. So how do I move from death to life? The Bible says this. What shall we say then? By the way, this is what baptism is all about. The picture of baptism is a picture of moving from death to life. What should we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? The context of this passage is in Romans 6, and he's just talked about how the more you sin, the more grace you get. And they're like, oh, then you should sin more so you can get more grace. He's like, no, you shouldn't. And this is why. Because you've died to sin. How can you live in it any longer? So how, how do you move from death to life? You die to yourself. You die to your pride. You die to your sin. You die to your self-centeredness. Now this last line is what the message is all about. 
This last line is what it's all, the message is all about. You die to finding life in this world. So I just want to review. I just want to go back real quick. Where are you looking for life? Where are you looking for that which will complete you, that which will fulfill you, that which will bring joy to you, that which will you be like, now that's living, man. That right there, that's living. That's what I'm after. Because whatever it is that you think is living, that's what you're pursuing. You're like, why am I, why am I, going, why am I ending up in the opposite direction? I'm going this way. I'm trying to find life, but I, I keep finding death. How come? Because the thing that you think is going to bring you living is in this world. The way you move from death to life is you, you go, wait, 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 wait. Life's not in this world. There's a lot of beauty. There's a lot of fun. There's a lot of temptation. But it won't bring life. It always, if that's what you're after, it always brings something different. The Bible says, or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? So when, when you hear these stories today and, and, and when we do the baptisms today, it is that, okay, I was born, the Bible says, dead. I didn't exist. Oh, no, you existed. But temptation ruled your life. Sin rules your life. And the picture of baptism is that when you give up, Looking for life in this world and you turn to Christ, then you die. You die to your selfishness. You die to your pride. You die to the lie that there's life in this world. This is where it's at. So what happens when you do that? What happens when you take your faith and you move it from whatever it is in this world and you move it to Jesus? Jesus sets me free from sin. The Bible says, we were therefore buried with him through baptism unto death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, that's what's going to happen in the baptism, was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. What does he do? He frees you from the penalty of sin. You repent, you accept his forgiveness, and he forgives you of your sin. You don't have to live with regret. You don't have to hide. When you stand before God... And he says, why should I let you into heaven? You get to answer, because you forgave me. It frees you not only from the penalty of sin, but it also gives you a brand new identity. By grace, I am who God says I am. I no longer live my life trying to prove that I am someone. I get to hear from Jesus that I'm everything he ever dreamed I'd be. By grace, it's a gift that he has given to me. And, and lastly, from power. By grace, I'm free. I'm free from the penalty of sin. There's a lot that goes into that. We don't have time for that today, but that's one of the things he does. And so as you're on this journey, I want you to hear this story of someone who's taken that first step of moving from death to life. My name is Adriana Hernandez. Um, I live here in Bloomfield, um, born and raised here in Jersey. My husband is Cesar Hernandez, and I'm a mom of three. I have a 12-year-old, Antonio Hernandez, 
I have a seven, uh, eight year old, excuse me, um, Adrian Hernandez and a three year old Anais Hernandez. And they all come with me to church. They've enjoyed seeing the actual baptism live. And actually my middle son, Adrian, just asked me yesterday, mommy, can I get baptized? So I said, um, well, we got to talk to your Sunday school teacher and the pastor and see when, if you're ready. So I'm excited about that. I feel like, you know, I'm giving them an example and it's something, it's so beautiful because I can't give them a better inheritance. I was baptized as a, maybe like a two or three year old because I've seen the pictures in the Catholic church. Um, and my mother's family is uh, Christian. My father's family is Catholic. So they decided to raise us Catholic. So I, we would go as a family every Sunday to the Catholic church and I was baptized in the Catholic church. I was able to do my, my first communion, my confirmation. And then around college is when I started to feel like there was, there was something that was missing. And what was missing was the relationship with God. Like I knew there was more to God than learning the prayers that you're taught to pray by memory. Um, and so I, I yearned for a relationship with God. And I also yearned um, to be able to read the Bible and understand it and apply it to my life. Because I would read the Bible before and I really wouldn't understand it. And I, and it was difficult. I actually uh, started with a church that was on TV um, here in Bloomfield that was broadcast. And the pastor through the TV would take me through the Bible um, scriptures. He actually made the scriptures make sense to me. And I began to apply that to my life. And then at the end of the TV service, he would ask for us to um, take the moment and let God enter our life. And we would pray that, um, Jesus, you are my Lord and Savior. After we prayed, he said, it, um, you're born again and you are, um, you're a part of the Christ family. And, um, but he would always say, if you're not in a Bible-based church, you need to join a Bible-based church. And I think it took me a couple of months because I really wanted to research it. And actually, when I was in college, I took a, I was in a class that had us look at short-term and long-term goals. And my short-term goal, which was like for three months, was to research and find a church. And that was exactly what I did. And I haven't looked back since. Well, I actually thought that um, I didn't have to get baptized because I was baptized as a little as a little girl, even though I don't remember it, but I have pictures. Um, but the pastor here, um, when I joined the church officially, um, he explained that here we follow what Jesus Christ did. And so Jesus Christ was baptized as an adult and fully understanding what it meant to be baptized. And so we follow in his footsteps. And so I said, okay, so if that's what I need to do, I need to get baptized, let's do it. <laughs> before Jesus was in my heart and before I accepted him as my Lord and savior, I worried, I had anxiety. And now all of that worry and anxiety is gone. I mean, we're dealing with a pandemic and no matter what has gone on around me, he takes care of me. He 
gives me peace. He's the Prince of Peace, right? And there's no worries. I mean, I don't care what the, the building, well, we're not, we're outside, but if I'm in a building and the building is falling down, I know I'm gonna be all right. <laughs> I actually read something yesterday that, that I thought was beautiful. Um, I read that when you get baptized, um, Jesus meets you there. So when the time comes for me to get baptized, Jesus is gonna be with me. And that means he's always gonna be with me, no matter what. Um, and I don't have to worry. My worries are all gone. I leave everything to him. I can have a relationship with him. I can pray to him and a sincere prayer, not a prayer that's memorized. Like I can tell him all of my problems. I don't even need to tell him my problems because he knows my problems. And I know for sure, like I said before, this is the best inheritance that I can give my my kids, my, my three beautiful children. Um, because if they have Jesus in their life, in their heart, they won't be depressed. At least they won't be depressed for long, right? They'll they'll be able to conquer and go through life knowing that they have Jesus right next to them always. Okay, so for everybody who's streaming, did you catch that? She was streaming way back then, way before the pandemic, and uh, she she found Christ through that process. That, that's, that's pretty cool, pretty exciting. And so she, you see that little picture there, right? She's moving from death to life. Did you get that? In the new life, it's not this world that she gains confidence from. It's not this world that she gains life from, but from Jesus himself. So uh, we're going to kind of mine this a little bit further. It goes on to say, for if we been, have been united with him in his death, that's the going under, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection with, or in a resurrection like his. That's coming up. Now, I want to make this clear. The baptism is not when someone moves from death to life. That happens between you and Christ. It's amazing. This has been happening for thousands of years. Christ has been coming and talking to people through his word. But always there's this individual personal conversation whereby you go, I'm going to move my faith. I'm going to move what I believe from me to Jesus. This is a picture of what that's like. And then it goes on to say, the death he died, he died to sin once for all. The life he lives, he lives for God. See, Christ does not actually say, I want to become a part of your life. We talk like that, I talk like that. Jesus became part of my life. It's, we, we tend to think of our lives as the sinner. No, no. Jesus has invited you to become a part of his life. He's invited you to move from death to life. This life is shared with him. This life is power over sin. This life is knowing that by grace, I'm everything you ever dreamed I'd be. Here's the big idea for today. You will never find life in this world. So what is it in your, in your world? What's on your list of things? If I could get this, this, and this, Oh, man, that'd be living. 
There's another way to do it. What is it on your list that has you going, I'm so worried about this. I'm stressed about this. I'm angry about this. You know what those are? Those are all things that you believe would give you life if you had them, and you feel cheated because you don't have them. You'll never get life from those things. You may get temporary. It may feel like life for a little bit. But then you have to get back on the, home, on the plane and come home from Hawaii. For some people, you don't even have life in Hawaii because this list is so long and so powerful in your life. Get this, get this. You can only bring life to this world. What? See, you can only bring life to your marriage. Your marriage is not going to give you life. But you can bring life to your marriage. Your children are not going to give you life. You might think it is, and you might feel like it does from time to time. But the truth is, you can only bring life to your children. Your job's not going to give you life. I've got to find the right job. It's not. You can bring life to your job. You can bring life to your community. You can bring life to all kinds of things. Now, bringing life into this world can be very costly, painful, sacrificial. But it's never self-seeking. It's never pride-feeding. You see, when we receive, when we move from death to life, and we erase that list and say, no, 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 Christ is the one who gives me life. That's who I trust. That's, that's where my life is. That's where I find forgiveness. That's where I find strength. That's where I find love. Then we can take that and bring that into our lives, just like he did. That's what he did when he came. He didn't come to the earth to find life. He brought life to us. And when you do... The fruit is incredible. Listen to Elixir's story and see if you can see how when others brought life to her, it's had incredible fruit. So my name is Elixir Lamboy and I am married to Oscar Estramera. I'm born and raised in the city of Newark. I grew up Roman Catholic like many Spanish people do. I have a brother and a sister. I'm the middle child, my sister's the oldest, and we attend a Catholic school, so religion was a big part of our lives. My dad unfortunately passed of a sudden brain aneurysm, and that was all my mom knew. Um, so it was really rough for her. She was heartbroken, and it kind of forced us as siblings to grow up a lot faster than the normal child. So I kind of, as far as religion went, I did it on my own. Um, I did. I had a full-time job, and I also attended college. During which that time, I took a course of religions of the world. And during my studies, then it really intrigued me to further research myself and what I wanted to do. What was my religion at this point? Having been in a Catholic household, now I started to question some of the practices. And I found myself kind of stepping away from the Catholic religion. For me, experiencing Jesus in my life, uh, I recall when I took that big step all on my own and shared with no one. Um, I can recall being on my knees and 
crying out to him. I wasn't in a service, I wasn't in a church. I was in my home all alone and I felt him saying yes. He took over my life from there moving forward. And I said to him, you know, I'm gonna need you to help me through this because I wasn't a member of a church. I really wasn't surrounded by others that could support me during this time. So I did my walk alone. And so uh, I looked into it more and I started to attend various churches from whether it was from an invite from a friend, um, a family member, or just randomly said, hey, let me see what a Baptist church is like. Let me try out a Christian non-denominational. I didn't belong necessarily to one particular church. I just didn't. Um, when asked, and maybe many people never even knew that, well, what church do you attend? And I would say, I don't attend church. I attend church for me was me, my time with God and the Bible. And I thought that was enough. It wasn't until I would say uh, it was Hurricane Maria in 2017 sometime that many of my family members in Puerto Rico were affected by the storm. They, as a result of that, had to be relocated and they came back to live here in New Jersey. One particular family member of mine, um, Raul, who now attends Skyline along with his family and his, his wife and beautiful children, they were so impacted by, affected by the hurricane, they had to move back here to New Jersey. And he stayed behind to take care of the property and she came here with her kids so they can be able to attend school. And she says to me, um, in a very brief conversation, she said, you know, I was asking her, how was the transition? How are they doing? And and she says, you know, there, I, I attended a church in Bloomfield and um, they, one day I was home, they rang my doorbell and they delivered an entire living room set to my home. And I was like, wow, that was awesome. She was like, yes, like it touched me beyond like all words. And I'm like, that's great. We didn't talk about the name of the church. I just remember her saying the church was in Bloomfield, New Jersey. As I was praying every day, I was, I would ask myself, what, what do I do? What do I do about my decisions? My marriage was kind of um, on thin ice and uh, I, I really was lost. I remember praying and the whole time I, I, I kept thinking about Bloomfield, New Jersey and, and God, the Holy Spirit saying, you need to go to church. So I looked on and the very first church that came up was Skyline. I didn't know anyone. I took note of the times, the service times and, and I went to church. I walked in and from the moment I walked in, it was, I knew that God said, this is your home and this is your place and this is where you belong. Since that day, I never looked back. Not only was I embraced with love and affection and so many wonderful people, everyone that's out there right now listening, um, that made such a big impact on my life during this very difficult time that no one knew. I jumped in head first with ministry. I wanted to do it all and, and get involved in life groups. And I was surrounding myself with women that were coaching me, that were positive, who knew little to nothing about me but were so open and no judgment and I, I I would kind of hold myself back and and okay let me not get so quick but I couldn't control it even now when I speak about it because it's such a great feeling and so when I come in on Sunday mornings and I'm running around and I'm all over the place because I'm known as that crazy person it's because this is what God drives me to do this is he gives me that energy and that force where there was a time in my life I felt I didn't have that my husband who was amazing um, would say that's your time you you go to church and you do what you do if you enjoy it I will never take that away from you and I would say but I want you to share this with me come in and he's like 
you do what you do. And I said, okay, but it would sit heavy on my heart and sometimes, more often than, than, than sometimes, I would blast my music around the house and I would try to send these little subliminal messages in hopes that, you know, he would hear a song or, you know, the Holy Spirit would touch his heart. And he's like, I know what you're doing. And I'm like, what do you mean you know what I'm doing? So we even had a pot where we'll be in the car and I'm like, in my car, I listen to Christian music and in your car, you can listen to whatever you want to listen to. He's like, fine. So I would always want to drive everywhere and I would put the Christian music up loud and then I'm like, hey, did you hear that? Hey, did you hear those words? Hey, how deep is that? And he'd be like, yeah, I know where this is going. <laughs> I continue, I always pray for my family. And I remember the day while in service that my brother walked into Skyline that everybody said, oh, there's no way you could ever get your brother <laughs> to walk into a church. And he did. And I knew that it was God. I know that he listens to my prayers in my heart. And since then, my husband attends Skyline. He's out there and I love him dearly. He serves in ministry and... I can't say enough that I know this is real. I know this is real and it's it changed my life miraculously. I love living for God. I love the changes that he's making in my life, although I'm not perfect and I have my vices. And I say that to anyone. And for a long, long, long time, I thought, yeah, no, I can't get baptized. People are going to think of me differently. Yeah, no, I need to recite, you know, verses in the Bible. Yeah, I need to be able to speak like this and walk like that and dress like that. And that's so not true. I've come into a place in my life that I just love and live for God. And I just hope to become a better person every day and share that with the world and hope that they see God through me and see the changes that he has done in my life. This verse is extremely important to me. Going back to what I mentioned about my career and uh, some things that were going on in my life and um, relying heavily on work and uh, trying to get validation sometimes from others to see you know, where your heart really is and constantly having to prove yourself. Um, I remember when I thought like, as far as my career went, um, that I failed, that I was kind of like a failure. And um, having these conversations with, you know, um, colleagues and saying, well, what can I do? How can I change things? Can I be a better person? Or uh, can I, do I work more hours? What do I do to make right? And I felt like, you know, it fell on deaf ears and it really hurt me because all my life, all I knew was work. All I knew was, you know, you get further in life on titles. And I realized you can be in a position of leadership no matter where you are. And we, who cares about titles? Because when we enter heaven, we're not looking at titles and what our positions are, right? It's how we live our life. And so this verse here, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. He saved my life. And I know that I'm gonna save others because of that. I know that my family is working at being, <laughs> at coming, having a relationship with Christ. Um, I have a beautiful niece, my one and only niece. My sister has one child. And uh, I wanna lead by example. I wanna show them um, how righteous, how merciful, how forgiving our God is, no matter what our walks are, what we've done. And I want others to experience that. So this one life he saved is going to save and change so many others. I decided to get baptized a Sunday morning when we were briefing prior to our service. A very wise young man who's probably sitting in production somewhere right now uh, said, 
these words. Today's baptism, and it's a big celebration. It's a big celebration day. So many people in the Middle East are getting persecuted because they're Christians and they cannot freely claim Christianity. And so as Mr. Izzy Sanchez said those words and we were getting ready to pray, that sat so heavy on my heart. And I said, you know what, God, I've always felt I don't have to declare to the world. I know that I'm saved. I know that you're my father. I know that you love me unconditionally. I don't have to yell it out to the world. But that moment I said in my heart, it was like, I do. I want everyone to know that I have accepted the Lord, that I am saved, that I am going to heaven, that I want everyone else to be there with me in heaven, that I am going to see my father again one day, that I just want to be able to declare that where others can't, and here I can, and I haven't done it. So for me, that was that pivotal moment where I said, I have this right, and I'm going to use it, and I want the world to know that I am saved. So here's my question for you as we end up today. Are you afraid to die? Are you afraid to die? We're, we're going through this pandemic. Are you afraid to die? Or do you know you've already moved from death to life? And that Jesus has promised you, even though your body would die, you'll never die. That, that the life you experience now is nothing compared to the life you're going to experience once you go to heaven. And here's my second question. Are you afraid to live? What's it mean to live? What it means to live is that you stop looking for life in this world. It means you, you take the lists of things that bring anxiety into your life, that bring fear into your life, that bring anger into your life, that bring disappointment into your life because they're not going the way you want them to go. And you go, whoa, 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 whoa. I want to live. I'm not going to live from that. I'm not going to get life from that. I'm letting go of this world. I'm done looking for life in this world. And I'm going to begin. I'm going to accept the life that Jesus has for me. I'm going to accept the freedom that Jesus has for me. And then I'm going to take life, the life that he's given me, and I'm going to bring it to others. What an incredible way to live. Now that's living. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for life. I pray as we sing throughout the day as we watch these baptisms, we, we scrub away the list we have looking for life in this world, and we accept the amazing life that you have for us. In your name we pray, amen.